the words. He's going to kill me. No one believes me. <laughs> they think I'm crazy. They all say he's the perfect husband. I believe you, Claire said. Chapter 1 Jake Salter was standing in the shadows at the far end of the long veranda. All his senses, normal and paranormal, opened to the desert night when he felt the hair stir on the nape of his neck. It was the first warning he had that something was about to put his entire carefully laid strategy in jeopardy. The hunter in him knew better than to ignore the disturbing sensation. The ominous indicator of disaster took the shape of a small, nondescript compact car turning into the crowded driveway of the big Glazebrook house. Something wicked this way comes. Or something very, very interesting. In his experience, the two often went together. Oh, it looks like we have a late arrival, Myra Glazebrook said. I can't imagine who it is. I'm sure that everyone who was invited tonight is already here or sent regrets. Jake watched the little compact crawl slowly forward. The driver was searching for a parking place amid the array of expensive sedans, heavy SUVs, and limos that littered the drive. Like a rabbit approaching a desert watering hole that had already attracted a lot of mountain lions. Good luck, Jake thought. There was no space left in the wide, circular court that fronted the big house. The Glazebrooks were entertaining this evening. Archer and Myra Glazebrook called their annual July cocktail gala the Desert Rats Party. This evening, everyone who was anyone in the affluent community of Stone Canyon, Arizona, who had not fled the merciless summer heat for cooler climes, was here. Must be someone from the caterer's staff, Myra said. She watched the compact with growing disapproval. The little car finished one complete circle of the drive without finding a place to alight. Undaunted, it scurried around for a second attempt. Myra's jaw firmed. The caterers, people were told to park at the back of the house. They're not supposed to take up space in front. That's for the guests. Maybe this particular member of the staff didn't get the word, Jake said. The compact was sweeping toward them again, headlights bouncing off the gleaming fenders of the larger vehicles. Jake was sure now that the driver was not going to give up. Sooner or later, he's going to realize that there is no room left in the drive. He'll have to go around to the back. Don't bet on it, Jake thought. There was something very determined about the manner in which the driver was searching for a parking space. The compact abruptly came to a defiant halt directly behind a sleek silver-gray BMW. Out of all the cars here tonight, you had to pick that one to block, Jake thought. What are the odds? The part of him that he did not advertise to the world, the not-quite-normal part, was still running hot, which meant he was flooded with parasensory input in addition to the information collected by his normal senses. When he was hot, data came to him across a spectrum of energy and wavelengths that extended into the paranormal zones. He was aware of the wild, intoxicating scents and the soft sounds of the desert night in a way that he would not have been if he were to close down the parasensitive side of himself. And his hunter's intuition was operating at full capacity. He certainly can't park there, Myra said sharply. She looked down the veranda. Where is the attendant who was hired to handle parking this evening? Saw him go around to the back a few minutes ago. Probably had to take a quick break. I can handle this for you. Oh, yeah, he thought. I want to handle this. No, that's all right. I'd better deal with it. 
There's always the possibility that it's someone who was accidentally left off the guest list. Once in a while that happens. Excuse me, Drake. Myra went briskly toward the veranda entrance, fashionable high-heeled sandals clicking on the tiles. Jake clamped down on his eager senses. Try to act normal here. He could do that fairly well most of the time. He had learned long ago that people, especially those who possessed a measure of psychic ability and who understood exactly what he was, got nervous when he didn't. Others, which included the majority of the population, most of whom would never admit to believing in the paranormal, simply became uneasy for reasons they could not explain. He wondered which group the new arrival fell into. He leaned against the railing, absently swirling the whiskey that he had not touched all evening. He wasn't here tonight to relax and enjoy the hospitality. He was here to gather information with all his senses. Later, he would go hunting. The door of the compact popped open. A figure emerged from behind the wheel. The newcomer was a woman. She was not dressed in the uniform that the other members of the catering staff wore. Instead, she had on a severe black-skirted suit. A pair of black-heeled pumps and an oversized shoulder bag finished off the outfit. Definitely not from around here, Jake thought. This was Arizona, and it was July. No one went beyond resort casual at this time of year. He prowled quietly forward along the veranda. When he reached a deep pool of shadow at the side of one of the stone pillars that supported the overhanging roof, he stopped. He propped one shoulder against the pillar and waited for events to unfold. The newcomer's neat black pumps echoed crisply on the paving stones of the drive. She walked boldly toward the main entrance where Myra waited. Jake could see that the somber black suit skimmed small, high breasts, a trim waist, and hips that, if one wanted to get technical, were probably too generously proportioned to suit the scale of the rest of the petite frame. He, however, had no problem, technical or otherwise, with her curves. They looked just right to him. This was the kind of woman you looked at twice, even though you knew she wasn't beautiful. At least she was the kind that he looked at twice. Make that three times, he decided. The big, knowing eyes, proud nose, and determined chin were striking in a compelling, unconventional way. The veranda lights gleamed on lustrous dark hair that was secured in an elegant knot at the back of her head. But it wasn't her looks that grabbed his full attention across the spectrum of his senses. She had something else going for her something that didn't depend on physical attractiveness. It was in the way she carried herself, the angle of her shoulders and the tilt of her head. Attitude. Lots of it. It would be a mistake to underestimate this woman. Automatically, he cataloged and analyzed the data that his senses were collecting, the way he always did when he was hunting. She wasn't prey. She was something a lot more intriguing. She was a challenge. You couldn't charm a woman like this into bed. She would make the decision based on whatever criteria she had established. There would be some fencing involved, certain negotiations, probably a few showdowns. He felt the blood heat in his veins. Myra stepped into the woman's path. He could see that she had dropped the gracious hostess role. It didn't take any paranormal sensitivity to detect the tension and wariness vibrating through her. The first words out of Myra's mouth told him just how much trouble he was looking at. What are you doing here, Claire? Well, 
Damn. Jake mentally sifted through the files he had been given to read before he was sent to Stone Canyon two weeks ago. No mistake. Right age, right gender, right amount of hostility from Myra. This was Claire Lancaster, Archer's other daughter, conceived in the course of a brief illicit affair. The probability analysts employed by Jones & Jones, the psychic investigation firm that had hired him for this job, had estimated that the likelihood of her showing up here while he was working undercover was less than 10%, which only went to show that just because you were a psychic with a special flair for probability theory didn't mean diddly squat when it came to predicting the behavior of a woman. Plain, old-fashioned guesswork would have yielded better results. He knew he should be worried. Claire's presence here was seriously bad news. If the rumors about her were true, she was the one person in the vicinity who could blow his cover to pieces. According to the Jones and Jones files, Claire was a level 10 on the Jones scale. There was no level 11, at least not officially. The Jones scale originated in the late 1800s. It was developed by the Arcane Society, an organization devoted to psychic and paranormal research. Back in the Victorian era, a lot of serious people took the paranormal very seriously. The period was the heyday of seances, mediums, and demonstrations of psychic abilities. Of course, the vast majority of practitioners in those days were charlatans and frauds. But the Arcane Society had already been in existence for 200 years at that point, and its members knew the truth. Paranormal talents did exist in some people. The Society's goal was to identify and study such individuals. Over the years, it had acquired a large membership of psychically talented people. Those who joined got tested, and they brought their offspring to be tested. The Jones scale was designed to measure the strength of a person's...